Thank you very much. Um, I want to talk to you today a little bit about uh, the economy, if we if we have time. I'm concerned about uh, the Google antitrust uh, litigation. I'm I'm I, we have to do it, but I'm concerned on what it means for the economy because that's really one of the dot com bubble triggers was the antitrust against Microsoft. Uh, so we have to pay attention to the economy. We have to pay attention to what's happening. Donald Trump, this makes me again very nervous. He says that he thinks the Fed should lower rates below zero. No, Mr. President, that will actually hurt us. The investment is coming from overseas because we're the only ones with an interest rate above zero. Anyway, I have no idea what's coming, but if you are paying too much money for your credit cards, if you want to reduce the, uh, the, uh, the monthly payment on your loan, please do it now. American Financing. AmericanFinancing.net. Go there now. They will help you look at your debt and restructure your debt so it works to get you out of debt. Americans Home for Home Loans. American Financing. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Now, let me ask you something. If you think our country is screwed up, I would like to present to you the country of France. It'll make you feel better about us. And you're going to need that today because the Democratic debate happens in Houston tonight. We begin there in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. All right. I love sitting in my X chair. Um, You sit here in your office chair every day. Are you comfortable? Does it support you the way it should? Um, A good chair is, I mean, we spend more time in our chairs than we do in bed, which makes me really kind of feel like, uh, wasn't it, was it Wally where they were all fat and. Yeah, yeah. it was Wally. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, we, we really have to stop this. But anyway. Good documentary. Um, yeah, good documentary. Uh, X-Chair is a great chair. It, it adjusts 10 different ways to fit you and your body. Go to xchairbeck.com and find out about their patented dynamic variable lumbar support. The X-Chair is what you need for a comfortable workday, whether you work at home or you work in an office. Thanks to X-Chair's 30-day, no questions asked, guarantee of satisfaction, you have zero risk. Now, most companies can't make that offer because, you know, they can't afford shipping it back and forth. Nobody returns the X-Chair because it is what I say it is. It's great. X-Chair. Go to xchairbeck.com. xchairbeck.com or call 844-4X-CHAIR xchairbeck.com if you use the promo code back at checkout you're going to receive a free set of new x wheels with your chair that's xchairbeck.com promo code back by the way i have to tell you uh use the promo code last night uh, my wife and i were buying some blinds we were on blinds.com and uh she looked at the price and she's like wow and it's 40 percent off and i said did you use the promo code uh, no, use the promo code back. She went, she was at checkout. She put promo code back. It went from like $2,200 to $1,300. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean, if, don't forget to use the promo code when you check out at places. Um, because it was a, it was a bigger savings than I thought. Uh, it, it was pretty amazing. Anyway, I want to, before we go to Houston, 
I just want you to feel better about where you live. Now, imagine you're coming home, Stu, Mm -hmm. and you're coming from a business trip. Okay, you went you went someplace and you were there on business and you were like, honey, damn this corporation. (laughs) I, 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 I broke my leg and I was working. And you're like, where? I mean, you're still you work in an office. You sit behind it. I broke my leg and it was was on a business trip. Okay. (laughs) Okay. And then she found out that you were water skiing. What would your wife say? And my business isn't you're selling not, water you skis. Nothing, your okay. business is what you do. Okay. Mm. Um, and there are no cameras or anything else. You were just out on a boat with a group of people, hot people, water skiing. Hot people. Hot people. Okay. Mm-hmm. She may be a little suspicious <laughs> that right. something else was going on. Right. Mm-hmm. And would she say, really, that's the company's problem? Would she? Would she? You're like, that company. And did the company ask you to go water skiing? No, it is my free time. (laughs) Yeah, no. No, she wouldn't. In France, here's what happened. An employee died on a business trip. And the family is suing the company. And the courts just ruled, yes, that is a that that's a responsibility of the company to make sure that their people are protected. Here's what happened. Uh, he was an employee that had a heart attack while having sex with a stranger in his hotel room. Um, the firm the, she'd have my wife would have hmm? more of a problem with that than the water skiing. Yeah, well, I didn't want to give you okay. something so insane, right? right? Okay. I mean, we my wife would have a problem with the water skiing. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody coming in and going, and I, 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 okay, I broke both my legs because we were having this crazy sex. <laughs> I don't think my wife would say okay. No. And she wouldn't say that damn company. She'd say, I'm leaving. I'm glad, right? Glad I'm this glad. happened to you. Right. Mm-hmm. And I only have to break two arms. I don't have to break all four limbs. <laughs> it saves me some right? time. It saves yeah. me time, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, the family said, that they were entitled to compensation, compensation, uh, because that was a workplace injury, and so the company said, "No, that's not a workplace injury. I don't know if you know, but he was in his hotel room at night. We had finished work, and he picked up a stranger in the bar, and it was so good. No offense to rub it in here, but it was so good <laughs> that he had a heart attack during it. Is it? Uh, well, I mean, I guess he wouldn't have been at that hotel." If not for the work assignment. Uh, well, that's what the judge said. Oh, my God. That's what the judge said. The employer is responsible for any accident occurring during a business trip. He wouldn't have been there in a, quote, extramarital relationship with a perfect stranger had he not been asked to go on the business trip. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. That- God bless America. <laughs> if you think we're insane... We're not fully there yet. You don't think that could happen in the United States? No, please don't wreck. Don't, don't. I just, do I don't not, have, I do not on. have a case to bring to I've you, but I, we can the, look. I've got the debate tonight. I'm trying to build myself up with a lot of hope and a lot of good things so I can watch the debate and last maybe two minutes before my head explodes. I'll say, though, I think that it's a good idea to, if you're going to commit a crime in France, wait till you're on a business trip. 
Because, like, if you were to go and murder someone, wouldn't the company be responsible for that yeah. murder? I didn't do it. I was on a business trip. I, it was, I was at a Quality Inn. Right. And I just murdered somebody at the bar. But, I mean, right. if I wasn't working for this company, I would have never could, been at the Quality right. Inn. I robbed the bank. But I was only in town that one <laughs> night because business told me to go there. As long as you could show it's not premeditated, I think you're clear. I think you are. I like it. It was this bank was a total stranger to me. I'd never seen that <laughs> bank before. <laughs> Had no idea. Just a, an extramarital robbery with uh, another bank. If if the debate moderator today were to say, if a person were to go and have sex on a trip, a business trip, who should be responsible? You have to believe at least. Eight of the ten people are saying it's the company's fault. Who's there fault. tonight? Who's there tonight? I will tell you exact number of how many people How many people would say yes. You have okay. Joe Biden. He would say, ooh, he's tough. Come back to him. Okay. okay. Uh, Bernie Sanders. Yes. Company's always at fault yes. for everything. Yes. Um, you know, uh, Elizabeth Warren. Yes. 100%. 100%. Pete Buttigieg. Somehow or another, the banks would be involved if Elizabeth Warren was... was That's true. Yeah. The okay. banks are always involved. It would be the company, but really the companies were... We're driven by the by the banks yes. to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pete Buttigieg. Yeah, I think he'd do it, uh, but he'd put it in a way to where everybody would kind of go like, "Yeah, that's kind of common sense. That's just <laughs> the average everyday Joe saying that." You think? Because he's not to me average everyday Joe. He's like McKinsey consultant, right? Like he's he's he speaks in that way that we've been in those meetings before mm-hmm. with like those high level mm-hmm. consultants and mm-hmm. they lay it all out and you're like i don't think they said anything there i don't think <laughs> yeah. that like that was a lot yes. of a lot of syllables yes. but yes. I, I yes yes the, yes yes the yes. syllable to yes. content ratio is very right. i didn't say strange. he meant it i said right. uh, i mean that's what he's good at he's mm-hmm. good at He's good at just talking around things where you're like, I don't know. I don't know what he said, but I kind of feel good. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, Kamala Harris. Uh, Kamala, yeah, yeah. She's, she's in. She, yeah, she's in. Bob Frank O'Rourke. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yes. Yeah. He's in because Bob Frank is in ultimate campaign desperation mode and oh, will yeah. say anything. He might if even he say, say the F-bomb on the stage tonight, I'll be shocked. Is that not incredible? I'll be shocked. Dude, we got it. You can use the F word. I mean, they what all is love the it. deal? They, they're all so proud of themselves when they can say because Donald Trump in a private meeting said S-hole countries. And so now they all got to get to say the full word because it's news in quotes. And so they all come out, you know, Donald Trump said, eh, and he says the whole word. No, but and then now Bob Frank is saying the F word everywhere. Right. Um, because he's so desperate for attention. His Hispanic priest uh patrick o'malley father patrick o'malley oh very hispanic. Uh, very hispanic mm-hmm. he's very upset using that that his young altar boy was use is using the f word like that mm-hmm. uh, and patrick o'malley created salsa verde if i'm not mistaken he oh was yeah the very hispanic very very hispanic. Hispanic. Tri- triple hispanic yeah yeah trip spanic yeah is is, is, is his official really? term um how about cory booker uh, yeah, Cory Booker. Cory Booker's a pandering machine, yeah, so he's going to yeah. pander no he matter pandered. what yep, is said. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, he, he actually was b- bashing Trump about the bill that they did together on <laughs> on, on criminal justice reform. <laughs> he's like, Chrissy Teigen, uh, the model mm-hmm. uh, slash wife of someone who's accomplished things, mm-hmm. has uh, ha- wrote some really nasty thing with all sorts yeah. of swears and stuff at Donald mm-hmm. Trump. Um, and and she, he came out. And he's like another example of uh, uh, Donald Trump targeting minority women. It's like, wait a minute. She was calling him like all sorts of swears, and 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 I don't even think he named her. She came back with some really like vile rant against it, and she's he's like, I'm on Team Chrissy. 
Oh, wait, Chrissy is, Teigen yeah. is now a victim of something? Yes, Chrissy Teigen is apparently a victim. Her po- poor multi-million dollar status. <laughs> yeah, I, I really? And she's a minority? I don't know. I honestly I don't, don't care. I don't, I don't either, know why but, everyone else is so uh, obsessed with this. Like, who cares what her skin color is? Oh my, I next thing you know, it. you're going to be saying, no, the company's not responsible for that extramarital <laughs> affair heart attack. So we have three more. I think we've named seven so far. Yeah. So we have Julian Castro. Yes. Uh, Amy Klobuchar. I don't even know that. Yeah. Yeah. No idea. Not really relevant. And Andrew Yang. Yang, Yang would say no. Yeah, probably. Yang would say no. Yeah, yeah. And I think Biden would just it would just have to look at everybody else and if everybody else was saying yes then he'd say yes. And then he'd probably flub six right. seven sentences yeah. in a row. Yeah, he'd pronounce yes as <laughs> Okay, I think that's I think a yes that from a Joe yes. Biden. Yeah. Definitely wasn't a no. All right, we're so. going to we're going to talk a little bit about the debate tonight in Houston. Uh one of our uh, one of our writers and uh journalists from the blaze and glenbeck.com is uh, going down i want to play bingo today and i'm going to try to convince him to shout out bingo it, we, i just don't know what word yet all right uh <laughs> it, has this ever happened to you one day you notice that all the blinds in your house look like they uh you know they stop to hail a gra- gra- uh, hand grenades uh yeah yeah i was on last night blinds.com we were picking out um we were picking out blinds uh and uh and shades and you know, we were at we were at, at blinds.com, and I just told you a few minutes ago. I wasn't, I didn't know I was going to do a commercial for it today. Um, and uh, we get down to it, and we're putting all these blinds in, and it was like, I don't know, twenty two or twenty three hundred dollars. And my wife looked at me and went, <coughs> and I said, I know, but at forty percent off. Uh, and she said, Okay, that's just a lot of money for blinds. You sure you want to do blinds? And I said, Oh, have you used a promo code? And she said, what is it? And I said, th- this is literally my response. Thanks so much for listening to the show, sweetheart. <laughs> uh, I said, it's promo code Beck. Hard to remember. You spell it B-E-C-K. She put it in, and it went from $2,200 to like $1,300. And I was like, put it in again. See what, <laughs> see what happens. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. Right. So we have been looking at blinds, and we went to other places, uh, and we did our homework, and they were much more expensive than the $2,200. Uh, and then put the promo code in, and, uh, and hello? Make sure you put the promo code in. Make sure you do that, because uh, it uh, worked out pretty well for us last night. Uh, may I recommend, if you're looking for blind shade, shutters, drapes, anything for your, your windows, blinds.com has it. They do a really good job, and you are going to find uh, an easy way to do it online. Plus, you're going to save a buttload of money. Blinds.com. Right now, I don't know what their special is. I think it's 40% off. Yeah, up to September 15th, get 40% off Blinds.com. Plus, you'll get an extra 20 bucks off at Blinds.com when you use the promo code BECK. So make sure you use the promo Wait, code BECK. What are you yelling at your wife for? You shouldn't have been surprised by this either. You just, you're reading an offer that says 40% off every no, day. They were, no, no, no. I, are you... <laughs> it just doesn't seem like I, it'd be I a huge asked my shock. Wife, I asked my wife, mm-hmm. did you put the promo code in? Because the, the price was cheaper than the blinds we were looking at from someplace else. Mm. And so I said, she said, that's still a lot of money. You sure you want to do this? And I said, yes, but have you put the promo code in? And so when we did, it was 
40 percent off <laughs> i hate you i hate you so much Stu. blinds.com make sure you use the promo code back we pause for 10 seconds station id Welcome to uh, our uh, our writer and journalist, uh, uh, Kevin Ryan, who has uh, uh, written several things for us uh, this week. He's he's writing uh, something on, is it on The Blaze or is it on Glenbeck.com? It's on both, yeah. It's on Glenbeck.com yeah. and The Blaze. A great story about your encounter with, uh, and I don't mean that in a French sort of business way, uh, <laughs> your encounter with Joe Biden. Yes. Which is uh, uh, v- interesting and very, very funny. And so we all know the story about his comparison, poor kids to white kids. But one thing you, you won't find anywhere else is the the overall view of the room, which was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was just like a scene straight out of a comedy. Like there was a lady probably three or four feet away from me because everybody's kind of crowded in mm-hmm. who was really drunk. <laughs> she, she kept sneaking out of the room and she like every time she came back in she shoved everybody aside a little bit harder because she was just hitting something vodka yeah. or wine or something Do you, now and, is it a requirement to be drunk at a joe biden rally i think it, you probably yeah he makes right? sense he makes more sense yeah. you're yeah. like i like that yeah. <laughs> beautifully stated <laughs> uh, it was uh it was a lot of fun to write yeah and i think um the the tone of this piece just like the rest of the series it's a lot different than than my profile series Mm-hmm. So you did the profile on Jordan Peterson and uh, what, uh, Ruben, Deborah Rubin, Deborah Rubin, so. Deborah so yeah. uh, really yeah. good. Yeah, you're really. If you're you haven't just, read those, they're on the Blaze. They're great. You're yeah. a really good writer. Uh, so you can find that at theblaze.com, also at glennbeck.com. Uh, a very great, great story about Joe Biden and being in the room with Joe Biden. Now you're going to be in the room again with him tonight. That's right. Yeah, you're going down to Houston. You're leaving here in a few minutes, uh, and you're going to first. You're going to see the giant. Uh, socialism sucks or whatever it says uh, the banner that is flying around Houston today I didn't uh, know about that That's... yeah paid for by Donald Trump <laughs> yeah okay yeah, yeah. so it's it's fantastic um, only in Texas man oh, I, yeah. I gotta tell you I just love this state um, but anyway um, uh, I want you to go in what do you do you know where you're going to be where you are you sitting in the audience I'm not really sure yet I sent Stu and I were looking at the media um my credentials. Yeah, I don't really know where I'm going to be. There's, it's going to be. There's a story there. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're credentialed with us. You may be watching it in your hotel room, <laughs> about ten miles away. I'd like to see what would the what should the word be that it, when one of them brings up this word or this policy that he should scream bingo. Just scream bingo as loud yeah. as you can. Yeah, I love that. Uh, yeah, you probably shouldn't do it as a journalist. But as a friend, you definitely should. Yeah. I mean, you can certainly do it when Andrew Yang talks about universal basic income. Oh, that's immediate. That's yeah. a, that should be on your card. Yeah. The debate bingo card. Um, what else should the... I, I mean, I think... What's going to be the big focus of this today? People are talking about this as if it's the biggest debate of that they've had so far. And I kind of disagree with that. The next debate, all of these people have already qualified for it. Plus, Tom Steyer has qualified for it. So there's 11 now have qualified for the next debate. So... And also Gabbard and others have chances to get into the next debate. 
So I don't know that this is the biggest one so far. I think it's going to be kind of a, a low-profile one, and it's going up against the National Football League, which is uh, something Andrew Yang compa- uh, complained about. Like, don't, don't put the debate against the NFL. Come on. Even I want to watch football tonight. Yeah, I, I don't care. I, yeah. I don't care if it's Carolina, Tampa. I don't care what it is. I'm, I'm in. I am watching it. Um, so it is a uh, – I think it's going to be – You could call bingo out every time somebody mentions <laughs> Trump besides the moderator. Oh, yeah. And then you could just blame it on Tourette's. Say, I'm sorry, I just have Tourette's. Because you'll be screaming it all night. Yes, yeah. that would probably Bingo. be. Yeah. Bingo! <laughs> Bingo! I love that was your first reaction, too. And I was like, I, I got press credentials. You're like, we should play bingo. <laughs> <laughs> it's the sort of journalism we do here, oh, yeah. as you've realized. Yeah. Well, not the blaze, but glenbeck.com. <laughs> and technically, I think you work for glenbeck.com, or do you work for the blaze? Bo- yeah, both. Both. Yeah. both. Okay, yeah. For sure. So just say, bing! <laughs> <laughs> I, maybe just say, go. Yeah. Please, right. get out. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know what to expect out of this one. They're making it into a big deal because Warren and Sanders and Biden will be on the same page. I feel like the, the real the real you one mean to stage. You also mean page, which is very good. It is. Economy yes. of words. Yes, it so is. you're right. Um, I think uh, Sanders has something to do here. Right. Like Biden and Warren, I would say, are the two or one, two right now, even though Sanders is right there in the polls with Warren. You know, Warren and Sanders are competing for the same voters. Biden doesn't have to go after them. He can kind of sit back. He's going to get attacked by people like Julian Castro and Bob Frank. And Bob Frank O'Rourke is going to come after him to try to make news, right? But I think that you have to, if you're Sanders, you have to do something to to figure out how to expand past the 15% you've been stuck at since this campaign launched. The guy's been right in the same place the whole time. He's not going to. He's got to. He's done. He's done. I think he is, too. Yeah. uh, But, I mean, he does Warren is not. He is. Warren just has to look better than Sanders without cutting him off at the knees. You know what I mean? She needs to pull his numbers down. You know, with white Democratic voters, uh, Warren is beating, uh, uh, is beating Biden. Yeah, and Warren does with Hispanics, I think Sanders Sanders does is, the best is and winning. with black voters it's Biden by a mile. I mean, and that's the problem with this for Biden is that the first state that has decent repre- representation of African American voters is state number 4, South Ooh. Carolina. So he's got to get through three states where he's not demographically advantaged to get there. Um, that's not going to be easy. And Warren could. There's this scenario where Warren wins Iowa and New Hampshire and Nevada. And then you're going. And then you're going. And she's a steamroller. She wow. might be. Yeah. I mean, she's he'll be a, the only one that could stop her at that point. Yeah. I love uh, I love what Jim Cramer said about it uh, yesterday. Uh, and we'll get to that here coming up in just a second. You're listening to Glenn Beck. All right, got a great deal from Tacovas that I want to tell you about, and I'll tell you about it in just a second. It is only available f- free to you because Tacovas uh, has been so appreciative of everybody from this audience that is going to their site and actually purchasing things. Um, and it's it's hard once you go to Tacovas and you see the quality of their clothing, of their belts, of their you know all their leather leather products and their boots. Uh, you will see that they are twice the quality at half the price. Now, free gift. Right now, if you make a $150 purchase and you enter the promo code BECK at checkout, again, make sure you do that. You'll get a free hand-stitched calfskin card case in beautiful bourbon color. $45 value. 
I carry my cards and my cash in a, a little card case from Tacovis. It's great. Uh, usually 45 50 bucks. You get it for free with a $150 purchase at tecovas.com slash Beck. That's tecovas.com slash Beck. Find your pair of cowboy boots. And remember, enter the promo code Beck at checkout. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. And that's the problem. Welcome to the program. Nick DiPaolo is uh, with us in about half an hour. Just going to check in with him and see see what's on his mind. Uh, you know, I don't know. He follows politics, but I don't know if he follows it like we follow it. Do you think he? I think he follows it pretty closely. I mean, he does a daily show. Uh, and so I think he has to follow it. But, you know, it's not yeah, but all how does, politics. But, he's, but he remains funny. So he must not be <laughs> in it like we are. Because I know he loves the country. I know he, you know, and if you love the country and you follow it every day, don't you all want to hang yourself every day? <laughs> don't you kind of like, mm, don't mm-hmm. think I can do another it's day. Tempting. Mm-hmm. It's, it's tempting. It is tempting. Yeah. It is tempting. Suicides are up. It might be because we are all paying attention <laughs> to what people are doing in Washington. <laughs> Uh, Pat is here from the uh, Pat Gray yes. uh, Radio Roundup, otherwise known as Pat Gray Unleashed. It's point, a, point of personal privilege. Uh, he, him, his. Okay, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> Pat is the uh, host of that podcast, which you can hear live as he records it mm-hmm. uh, every morning, uh, right before this one, or you can download it at your discretion. <laughs> uh, and uh, you can find that wherever you get uh, podcast or on blazetv.com. Pat. Yes, Let's talk about the craziness in Philadelphia. Yeah. Uh, Philadelphia's acting police commissioner, mm-hmm. uh, people are calling for her to resign. Um, mm-hmm. Because 25 years ago, mm-hmm. she wore a T-shirt. Yeah. Uh, t- and, but she wore a T-shirt. It, here's what the T-shirt said. Are okay. you ready for this? Yeah. yeah. Now, she's the police commissioner. The police commissioner in and Philadelphia. She, uh, right. And she wore a T-shirt. And, and it said, LAPD, we treat you like a king. <laughs> of course that's not funny at all no. uh, oh it's not <laughs> that's not no. funny at all no and um <gasps> rodney yes King. yes oh i never yes. thought of that Little double on mm. perhaps there yeah so and she so, they're so she came she, in she came in to work what last week and was wearing that <laughs> no, no no just no. the a a photo surfaced of her from 25 years ago from 25 in which years ago she had the t-shirt huh. on Huh. I, and now she, you know, they're they're demanding that she resign because of uh, it. I mean, you're not going to be able to. Uh, I, I, you better start deleting kids. your Twitter feed right now. Our kids are doomed. No Facebook pages. Uh, be careful of your uh, of your wardrobe. I mean, yeah, your our kids are going to be. I, our kids are. Look I mean, at what people say on Twitter all yes, the time. All the time. And you know what? Here's the thing. How. I, when you're a kid, when you're a 15-year-old boy, you're not saying things necessarily that you believe. You're saying them because you know you can get a rise out of people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because it's just antagonizing. When, when you're a 15-year-old boy, you don't know what you believe. Right. You don't know what you believe. And it's not and it's not hatred. I mean, it right. could be, you know. Right. I saw it. I saw Jeff, uh, uh, what's his name, Bowers, uh, and the way he was, you know, beating up on those other kids, and he had real hatred in his heart. So <laughs> Stephen King tells the truth, uh, but for the most part, yeah, most kids are just saying things that 
Yeah, you uh-huh. go back and find any incentive, uh, insensitive joke from a kid at 15 years old, it's usually made because they think it's going to piss a bunch of people off. It's not made because they have a deep-seated Seated ideology. Of, you no. know, like It's just like, you, and what's when you're the thing young, I'm not supposed to say? Let right, me say that. Right. And when you're young, especially with mm-hmm. comedy, when you're young... You don't cut funny. You don't cut funny. <laughs> no. That was literally our theme yeah really for the show when back in the day back in the day you don't I, cut funny say, you don't cut funny is it funny don't cut yes. it. it but it's really offensive is it funny <laughs> yes don't cut funny. you can't go that, with that, that was anymore. my that was the first thing i told everybody that came to work for me on the show don't cut funny you leave it in don't cut funny now if it's not funny mm-hmm. you know we were never. I, we didn't invent, you know, the clapter. That hadn't been invented yet. Like, yeah. ah, ha, 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 not funny, <laughs> but I'm laughing in approval. Now, I mean, how are our kids going to survive? The only hope is saturation. I think for kids today. Yeah. I mean, think Everybody. about it this way. I, I was, I was reading, going back through. We were talking about history yesterday, and I was clicking around through a bunch of stories and went down some wormhole, and there was a story about Dan Quayle. And Dan Quayle, they found they actually found the potato kid recently. Do you yeah. know this? They went. They, no. they, they found the potato kid. Uh-huh. Yeah, they found the potato kid. <laughs> so, wait, wait. For anybody who doesn't know this story, he's a child that Dan Quayle had kept in a in a dark uh, box <laughs> yeah. underneath his refrigerator sink with the potatoes. It was a horrible, <laughs> no, horrible was. thing when and, we found this and out. He, and it was initially because Dan Quayle impregnated a potato. <laughs> right. Um, so it was a very strange story. But the potato has a lot of eyes, and he couldn't take the way the potato was looking at him. But that's a different story. Yeah. There's a lot of just. Justification right. for what he did, and we're not going to get into them now. Um, but so he, if you remember, of course, he went up and and the kids spelled the word potato correctly, and he added on the e, and then there was a back and forth about how it used uh, to which, be spelled. By the way, it used right. to be spelled that way. Yeah, exactly. So you know, there's a long story, but I mean, it basically, I mean, Quail made the point essentially that it ruined his life. Yeah, I mean, it, I, it, oh, it, it, it certainly, certainly ruined, ruined his, his career, career. Mm-hmm. Um, and was a it really dramatically affected his life in a terrible way. We have politicians that misspell words a hundred times a day on Twitter, mm-hmm. and no one even bothers noticing, right? At some point, there's a saturation of these things where people just don't care anymore, and maybe we'll get to that point well, with I our kids. Me- they all have so the much hell? crap on their on their back. They've all said so many offensive things on Twitter over the years mm-hmm. that you no can't hire anybody. Right, yeah, so no, no one cares. Unless it's the algorithm that does it. If it's the algorithm and the algorithm has been written by somebody who has an agenda, it will only silence those people. It's doing it now. We're doing it in real time. Yeah, just it's to only people on silencing. The right. Yeah. Yeah. And for instance, uh, let's take this. You want to talk about saturation. The saturation of the story two years ago that um, Planned Parenthood was selling body parts. Okay. Everybody was talking about it. And what did the media say? Not true. Not true. This is made up. That's edited videos. Blah, 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 blah. Right? Mm hmm. Now we have Planned Parenthood admitting in a court of law and the people that were procuring it admitting under oath that, yes, they were selling them. And the the company that was procuring them testified that they were taking beating hearts out of intact bodies. So the child was born and killed after birth. That's now under oath in a court of law. Nobody's talking about Nobody it. Nobody cares. And because it's it's kind of like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, we missed that boat. Yeah, it's uh, I'm not going to get back so on it now. Ago. Yeah, you're not going to get on it. Mm-hmm. So if you if you just saturate it with something, when it turns out to be true, it doesn't matter. Caliphate. 
Caliphate. Yeah. Yeah. You sat too. there getting beat up for three years about how a caliphate might be and coming. And then all of a sudden there was a caliphate. And there was a caliphate. <laughs> and then like the New York Jeez. Times just starts a podcast called Caliphate. I know. Like they would, oh. like they, this, these people are out there criticizing oh, you like crazy for that was years. A, a and they're like, crazy oh. conspiracy theorist. All and of then these they go things. make all this money on a... <laughs> right. I know, I know, I know. But I that's what happens. Yeah. That's yeah. what happens. Yeah. So, also, I, I was reading an article the other day that was titled... Dave Chappelle will save the nation. And I, I and when I read it, I thought, yeah, you know what? If he survives this, <laughs> he might save the nation. Have you seen have you seen Nick DiPaolo? No. Nick DiPaolo is uh-uh. not on uh Netflix. I mean, he's he wrote for Chris Rock. The guy is really really funny. And one of those comedians that all those guys respect, respect. and admire, it, right? Uh, it, uh, um uh, John Stewart on his last show said uh i'm i'm uh, this was a joy and i can't wait to go back and be on stage with people like nick DiPaolo and he was then they named another comedian he named another comedian two comedians so um i mean nick is really really good but he's not doing uh, you know the netflix special because he's on the other side but he is you think if you think that uh um What's his name that you Chappelle. just said? Chappelle, Chappelle. is politically incorrect. Yeah. <laughs> Go on YouTube and uh, look for uh, Nick DiPaolo. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like I, I mm. watched him and I'm like, how is he getting away? with? He's coming up in a few minutes. How is he getting away with saying all of these things? And it's because he's funny. He's very, very funny. And you don't cut funny. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think we're at that point to where people don't care anymore. They're they're starting to. I've never seen a funnier routine than Dave Chappelle's. I mean that that is an so hour weird. and ten minutes of just absolute brilliance. And Netflix and, is, does take some chances with this stuff. Yeah, they do. And he he's not really. I wouldn't he's, call that a left wing no. routine either, because every time you think he's going there, he there's a little twist. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it hits both sides. But so, yeah, but he and it's but it's also not a right wing routine. No, like people, it's not at all. I think people mm-hmm. conservatives are like, oh well, uh, finally someone's saying some conservative things. Really, he's not just really. making observations about the world and not caring which side it falls on. Mm-hmm. Right, and that is like a, it's mm-hmm. a superpower these days. It is. I mean, Bill yeah. Burr has a as uh, a special up there now, which is getting the same type of buzz as the Chappelle one. They just, they just I, launched it. I tell you, there is uh, there is a chance that comedy saves the country. Saves the country. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it, 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 there is that possibility. We lost all sense of humor, and you know, we've talked about it for years. How do you write something crazier than what's happening? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's just the observations that no one is willing to say anymore that are that are true and funny. Because it used to be, if you were joking about something, you were kind of left let off off the hook mm-hmm. right you you didn't lose your job if you were joking about something and clearly people knew you were joking about it well that doesn't apply anymore well, at the t- all the t-shirt at all right. lapd treats you right. like that's a joke that's yeah. clearly not that's a serious joke. no one should get fired for that right it's, particularly right. i mean i guess if she was the police commissioner today maybe it would be a bad yeah, she's wearing it today. 25 years ago <laughs> right i'm yes. meeting with the police commissioners uh, in uh, los angeles and uh, i thought i'd wear this t-shirt to greet them that might be a problem yeah not a good idea thanks matt that's what it takes balls, though. Yeah, it does, <laughs> putting it, it on 25 years ago is easy. It does. Putting it on in a meeting today, that, <laughs> that's where you cross a great line. All right. 
You know, it's at the end of the summer in which more burglaries happen than any other time. That's weird, isn't it? Hmm. Then uh, I realized on top of wanting to steal your stuff, maybe burglars are just trying to get some, you know, air conditioning. Uh, because, you know, you're, you're working outside most of the time, casing houses. And, you know, it's hot. You're like, I just need to get a break. It's, it's you know, the end of August, early September. Simply Safe uh, will not let them get your stuff or your air conditioning. Simply Safe protects every door, window, and room in your house with professional 24-7 monitoring. Simply Safe. No, con- no contract or hidden fees, no fine print. It's $15 a month, and you'll get around the clock monitoring for your home. Their equipment is state of the art, and it is almost invisible in your home. Simply Safe. Simply Safe. Huge deal going on right now. Go to simplysafebeck.com. Get a free HD security camera when you order. This is really important. This $100 value, you get it for free. It's important because it will cut the response time down from 45 minutes, the average response time for police, to seven minutes because only Simply Safe has something called video verification. They have eyes on your home 24-7, video evidence of somebody trying to get in. Your free HD security camera is available now at simplysafebeck.com. That's simplysafebeck.com. You're listening to Glenn Beck. There's some audio that we missed yesterday because 9-11, and I want to make sure we get it in uh, today. You need to hear it. They, the press has made it sound like the Virginia governor was not talking about infanticide. There was testimony up on the Hill um, two days ago that you need to hear. Jill Stanick is a nurse. She was at Christ Hospital in Oaklawn, Illinois, and she spoke about her experiences uh, watching something horrifying when uh, speaking on behalf of the Born Alive Act in Washington. When I heard Virginia Governor Ralph Northam, who is a pediatric neurologist, describe during an interview the process by which doctors determined to shelve unwanted abortion survivors, it hit painfully close to home to me. About third trimester abortions, he said, and I'm quoting, if a mother's in labor, I can tell you exactly what would happen. The infant would be delivered. The infant would be kept comfortable. The infant would be resuscitated if that's what the mother and the family desired. Governor Northam was right. This is exactly what happens. I know because I cared for a dying baby on the other side of that decision. My experience was 20 years ago, but as Governor Northam made clear, this is still happening today. I was a registered nurse at Christ Hospital in Oaklawn, Illinois, when I learned that it committed abortions into the second and third trimester. The procedure, called induced labor abortion, sometimes resulted in babies being aborted alive, and if they were aborted alive, they were allowed to die without any medical care or intervention whatsoever. They were given what was called comfort care, made comfortable, as Governor Northam indicated. One night, a nursing coworker was taking a little abortion survivor to the soiled utility room to die. When she told me what she was doing, I couldn't bear the thought of this suffering child dying alone. He'd been aborted because he had Down syndrome, and Mm. he was between 21 and 22 weeks old, about the size of my hand. 
And he didn't move very much because he was using all of his energy attempting to breathe. And I remember toward the end of his life, I couldn't tell if he was alive or not unless I held him up against the light to see if I could see his heart beating through his chest wall because their skin is so thin at that age. And after he was pronounced dead, I folded his little arms across his chest. I tied them together with a little string. I wrapped him in a shroud and I took him to the morgue where we took all of our dead patients I will tell you that she went on in that testimony to talk about how when it was discovered by the by the people that Christ Hospital, Christ Hospital, um, they um, uh, they made a nice little room uh, where you could baptize the baby as they were dying or whatever. And she said, I took pictures of the room. Uh, all of this nonsense that the governor of Virginia was, you know, that's not what he said. That's an out and out lie. It is a lie. Um, we are not disagreeing on facts anymore. We have people who are lying um, and, and, and on issues of life and death. I mean, we're talking... We're talking about, hey, did uh, Saddam Hussein have weapons of mass destruction? We shouldn't have gone there. Okay. How about this? How about this? You're lying about life. People are killing children in hospitals after birth. Do we care? You're listening to Glenn Beck. You know we've had a we've had a tough tough week um, with 9/11, the remembrance yesterday, and the stupid things the press were saying yesterday about it. My head just hurts, uh, and it's Thursday. I thought we could stand a few laughs. I wanted to check in with our friend Nick DiPaolo. If you don't know who Nick DiPaolo is, you need to. But I warn you, he is. Um, He's very politically incorrect, and to say that he is, uh, well, he probably doesn't book a lot of concerts in Salt Lake City is uh, is an understa- is an understatement. Uh, he's saying the things that you just you'll watch and you'll think, how is this guy still available on any platform? He is taking comedy seriously, making it funny again, and saying the things that he's always been saying. He's just not giving up on it. Nick DiPaolo joins us in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Okay, so Victoria, she wrote in, she said, My pillow was a gift I got before going away to college, and I've had this pillow for about five years now. I just want you to know, Glenn, I couldn't be happier. If I I notice that if I use any other pillow, my neck and back are uncomfortable, so I awake feeling unrefreshed. But my pillow, I sleep comfortably throughout the entire night, feel great the next morning. I recommend this product to so many people. Everyone in my family has one so far. It's time you try uh, the mattress pad. All right. 
MyPillow. I want you to head over to MyPillow.com and check out the new radio listener specials. You're going to find a great variety of really good deals on everything, including the mattress pad, the pillows, the dog bed, which you can now get as low for uh, $19.99. All MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. And even better, if you order the copy of Mike Lindell's new book, your entire order will ship for free. So just go to MyPillow.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the dog bed, for as low as $19.99. Enter the promo code BECK or call 800-966-3117. Great radio specials. That's what you have to click on. New radio listener specials. And remember the promo code BECK. Ladies and gentlemen, from the comfort, I believe, of his own home in Georgia, it's Nick DiPaolo. How are you? Not my home. I have an actual studio. You have an actual uh, I'm studio. Doing, I'm doing very well. You know. Yeah, good. So, uh, Lane, can I? Yeah, go your ahead. Physical, your physical appearance since since O'Reilly days has. I love it. You got the white hair, the goatee. Mm. Let me just let me just hear you say, "Come down to KFC and cry on Jennifer." You know, it's really. Guy? You know, it's. It's really horrible. My my family has white hair for very young. My sister started getting theirs at 30. I was the last to get it, and I always <laughs> wanted it because my grandfather had it. But I've turned into my grandfather, and if that's not bad enough, I do look exactly like Colonel Sanders. It's not cool. It's not popular with the women. Well, the white shirt and the black tie is not helping. I mean, put a bolo, <laughs> put a bolo tie on there. Right. Okay, but, uh, all right. As all right. you have pointed out, Glenn, though, you are fatter than Colonel Sanders. Yeah, when I actually looked at a picture of <laughs> Colonel Sanders, I I am in worse shape than the guy who is selling fried chicken out of the trunk of his car. Yeah, but he does P90X three times a week. <laughs> How you doing, Nick? I'm doing good. How you doing? You look you look good. <laughs> All right. That's really no, not I, necessary. I didn't mean that. No, that, that yeah. was not stuck that No, way. sure, sure you didn't mean it that way. So Nick, no. let me um uh let me ask you. Tonight is the uh tonight is the 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 Democratic debate debate in oh, Houston. It's tonight? it's tonight. It's tonight. Going up against football. Gee, I wonder who's who's going to win uh, in the ratings. Um yeah. what are your thought what are your thoughts on uh Joe Biden? Well, he's uh Joe Biden's out of his mind and uh he has no, no business. He he has no business being in the race. I mean, I can't believe he's still in the lead. Yeah. This guy, you saw, he doesn't even know what state he's in. He's a well. But, I I love I love here coming to New Hampshire. This is one of the most beautiful states. <laughs> just just look around the Rock Mountains. Uh, you got the Smoky Mountains, and I'll tell you, I love Denver. He, <laughs> I can't believe. So so, but is he is he the guy that is doing well just because everybody else is nuts? I mean. Go through them. Yeah. Bernie, Bernie Sanders. Well, he's a Jew living in Vermont. Do I have to say any more? <laughs> I don't know. What I that, mean, I don't know what that means exactly. <laughs> well, I, you know, he, he hates the one percent. Everything one percent. They're, they're getting all the tax breaks. They're, they're getting all the money. Uh, I, I, I hate one percent milk. Uh, I graduated <laughs> top one percent of my class. I don't like that. And uh, I, why do you why do you live in uh, Vermont, Bernie? Well, I, I, I love Subarus. I love women in flannel. I love covered bridges. And uh, Healthcare. He he's first of all he talks like uh like me. I'm from Boston. He he puts R's on words that whether you know I'll have a vodka and tonic, and uh, <laughs> I have to head. Uh, I'll be touring in Nebraska and uh, and uh, and uh, you and uh, and the butter and uh, damn it I wrote the bill damn it. 
I, I like the spunk. I got to be honest with you. I, I, I like he's You know, his politics. Forget about it. You made a good point, though. They're so far left. And if I was Bernie, I'd be P.O.'d because uh, Liz Warren is just, uh, you know, rehashing his ideas. He had the nerve to come out and admit he was a socialist. And now she's just trying to steal his thunder. But no R's on the word where there should be R's. Yes. And, and adding them where they're, they don't exist. But that's what Brooklyn people do and Boston people. Uh, but, but how about how about go ahead? Sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I have Twelve cups of coffee in me. Uh, <laughs> how about the fact that he doesn't understand money? He he says I, I don't understand why we we can't pay teachers like ball players. Uh, what do you do? We we pay him like double A ball players. I mean, he doesn't understand that. Hey, Bernie, let me explain it to you. When you can get twenty million people to tune in to a science teacher rubbing a balloon on a kid's cardigan uh, to teach electricity and then sell 12,000 beers at 10 bucks a pop, and then we can pay him. Look, there's only one type of teacher who should get paid like a pro ball player, and that's the uh, young female teachers who sleep with their 14-year-old boy students. <laughs> I, will, I will actually take them to – I will actually represent them in arbitration. That's I'll, go right into the, I'll go right into the principal's office and say, Mrs. Johnson deserves another $200,000 this year. Well, why is that? Well, she slept with half the basketball team last month, and uh, look at her numbers. She's having a great year. <laughs> I don't think that's helpful. I don't. I don't think that's helpful. Uh, so, uh, what do you what do you make of Pete Buttigieg? I hate him more than Hillary. That's all I have to say about that. This wow. guy is a he is a smarmy little sanctimonious holier than thou. I I can't stand this guy, and and he's on this whole. I mean, he he passes himself off as this, you know, religious whatever. And now he's quoting the Bible. He says, in inaction on, you know, climbing, uh, in action on, uh, you know, uh, climate change is a sin, he says. So what are you, you going to go into the confessional? Bless me, Father, if I have sinned. I, uh, I have uh, sexual thoughts about my neighbor's wife. I, I murdered a person 20 years ago, and I am not using paper straws. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was, mean, come on. I was just in uh, Los Angeles last week, and they handed, so, you know, you, I asked for a straw. They don't even give you a plastic straw. I mean, they have to ask for it, and then they, don't give, they reward you with this paper straw. that I hated those uh, when we, well, they were passing out milk when I was in school. They're horrible. They're horrible. You want you want me to believe that Hollywood stars are snorting coke with paper straws? <laughs> I mean, come on. Matthew McConaughey has 19 paper cuts in his left sinus. Come on. It's all belong. Uh, Just don't get rid of the crazy straws. That's all I ask. There's a, there's a couple of things that I saw today. There was a, a story about a 77-year-old guy who's being released from prison because Trump has said, this is ridiculous. He was digging a trench around his property because he was afraid of, uh, of fires. Uh, and he dug a trench and he, he kind of made a little moat. He took a, like a two foot stream and channeled it in. So that water was around his property and the EPA threw him in jail. He's 77 threw him in jail. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know Bernie owned a shovel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he's not in jail. Uh, but Trump has just, has just let him uh, let him out, uh, and now, while that is while that's good, now the EPA is saying that they want to eliminate all animal testing. Look, I said this on a special years ago. 
I said, uh, as far as animal testing, it, you know, if, if hooking a monkey's brain up to a car battery is going to save somebody from dying of AIDS, I have two things to say. The red is positive and the black is negative. <laughs> okay? If you don't want to use animals, let's replace the let's let's replace the animals with career politicians. Let's uh, let's 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 pump some chemicals and solvent into Gerald Nadler and see how he does after a week. Are you smoking, Glenn? No, I. <laughs> He's, I, I, feel like I am. He just reacts like normal human beings do when they walk up a oh. bunch of stairs when he yeah. laughs. Like yeah, that's the I physical laugh. activity. I, yeah, peak. no, this is this is a, this is quite a workout for me. All right. It sounds like you have tuberculosis. Yeah. You're hanging out on the Mexican border. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have been. I live in Texas now. By the way, you're living. You moved to Georgia. Yeah. How, how do you How do you like it? I love it down here. I, I moved to a, a you know a, a very red state. And uh, first thing I did when I got down here, I wanted to be southern, so I bought a handgun and I put it on my lap <laughs> and I went through Chick Fil A drive-through. And, and <laughs> I thought I was going to scare the person in the window. Didn't even phase them. They're like, "What you got? What's that? A thirty-eight snub nose? That's a six forty-two lightweight, ain't it?" <laughs> yeah, I shot, I shot. I shot my stepdad with that. He's trying to mess around my sister on the Fourth of July. And I'm like, "That's a nice story, Diane." Anyways, can I get some ketchup? <laughs> All right, back with more from uh, Nick DiPaolo here in just a second. First, let me break for one minute. Uh, we've been trusting Norton as the premier source of security. For our computers for a long time. All of us have. Norton Security. We know it. And and they continue to outdo themselves in the constant struggle to protect us from cybercrime. They now have a, a very easy-to-use virtual private network, or VPN. It uses bank-grade encryption to hide your online activity. A VPN. It takes the information that you're sending and receiving and essentially builds a secure tunnel around it. This is bank-grade encryption. So cyber criminals can't see, you know, who's connected to the Wi-Fi. It blocks the companies that want to track your browsing activities. Uh, you and I know that, it, you know, it's, it, it's, it is crazy how much information we are just giving these companies that are not working in our favor. Yes, they can tell us, you know... Uh, the character name of Reese Witherspoon in uh, Legally Blonde, but is that worth giving all of your information to them for? Norton Secure VPN, it's seamless. Just install, log in once, and let it run in the background. Keep the prying eyes out of uh, out of your business with a, a secure Wi-Fi connection through Norton Secure VPN. Now, it starts at three thirty three a month for the first year with annual enrollment. You can find it at norton.com slash VPN. Norton.com slash VPN. Terms and conditions do apply. We break for 10 seconds. Station ID. How many how many shows a year do you do, Nick? How 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 often are you out on the road? Not as much as I used to be, Glenn. And that's the whole idea. I, I just hate the road, you know. Uh, so I used to do 30, 35 weeks a year when I was, you know, young and single wow. and chasing women. And it was fun. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but uh, after your eighth time back to Cleveland, you know, how many times can you? visit the bowling hall of fame and uh right. <laughs> so i probably I, I don't know probably it's probably around 
15 weekends or uh, so have you been effect- have you been affected by this this quashing of comedy over the last 10 15 years i well yes and no i mean i'm sure i didn't do myself any favors like landing gig gigs uh as far as tv and actual hollywood show business that's the thing you don't know yeah. uh but but as far as live performances, I I I came out of the closet as a righty on Tough Crowd in like 2002. I was uh, you know I was spewing the term cultural Marxism on that show, mm. which was a brilliant brilliant idea by me. I have eleven dollars in the bank. I'm on national TV. <laughs> you know what I mean? Everybody gives Dennis Miller and Schwarzenegger credit for being righties. I'm like yeah, well they had seventy million in the bank when they. Yeah. Uh, so but so I I got I got pigeonholed as a conservative. I'm not. I'm a comedian who happens to lean right and and is in. So so people came out and and thank God Trump came along. Uh, so you know, but but yes and no. I, I a few people walk out of my shows all the time. Well, and but I, it, and it I, may not be you know, for your politics. I mean, you are you are my clothing. Yeah, <laughs> I mean you are <laughs> you are you say everything. Uh, you say everything. Let let me ask you what your your thought is on the Dave Chappelle special. I absolutely loved it. Dave Chappelle, and I've said this, okay, and I know him, I, I like him as a person. I honestly, I don't think Richard Pryor or Chris Rock have anything on Dave Chappelle. I think he's a genius. And you've you've I have, written for Chris Rock. I, I wrote for Chris Rock, and uh, I, Chappelle is just, he's like a jazz musician. He's smooth, yeah. he's smart, he's concise. That being said, my only problem is people are coming out there and people on my side going, he, boy, he's fearless. Well, he, first of all, he's a famous black guy with a hundred million in the bank. What's he got to, <laughs> what's he got to lose? I'm fearless. I'm a 57 year old white guy. I've been saying this stuff forever. That's why I'm doing a show on the back of an Applebee's right now. <laughs> you know, but that special was tremendous. And I'm glad somebody that, that that's famous and has that many people watching got the message but i but, but i've been preaching that and if you watch my special breath of fresh air i touched on basically the same things dave Chappelle did his yeah. came out a few months after mine we touched on the same subjects people should put them side by side and go and this is how it is for a white guy so i i just don't like that they're going oh he's fearless a, a famous black guy in show business has never gotten trouble for anything other than oj in a couple of extreme cases but i mean uh he's not going to get trouble for anything he says and uh so you don't I think mean, this because he has gotten pushback? Yeah, pushback's one thing, but being canned or being you know put under the radar for the rest of your showbiz career is another thing, and uh, that that's never going to happen uh, to Chappelle. I I use this example. Remember Tracy Morgan? His wife was pregnant. He actually came out and said, "If my baby's gay, I'm going to kill it." He actually said that. And, uh, you know, six months later, he has a new uh, series on TBS. I mean. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yeah. tell me a white guy that could say something that outrageous and not be banned from the planet. So I, I, I but he's a genius. Chappelle's a genius and he's in the, my top five easy. And I suggest everybody watch that special. But I then then watch mine. And, and I'm not comparing myself to him as a comedian because he's tremendous. Uh, but, you know, you're going to see the point of view from a white, straight, 57 year old white guy and and and. He has a little more leeway to say stuff uh, than he, I do, even though I cut loose. You you do cut loose. He is, um, yeah. you know, I think he's being, um, 
people are assigning things to him that he didn't necessarily say. His his jokes, um, many of them take you a minute before you say, wait, wait a minute. Did he say that or did he say this? He's he's making a point, but you can't really pin him down. He, he's just willing to say things. But I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't say that he's, for instance, you know, pro-life, but I don't know that he's pro-abortion either. I don't know where he stands, uh, which I think is part of the genius of the way he's he wrote this. Do you agree with this well, or it- not? Yeah, I do. It's funny you say that because the, the next hour I'm working on, I have about 10 minutes on abortion and you won't know where I stand either. You know, I, I look, I, I can't say I, people assume I'm pro-life because I lean right in my politics. Uh, but I'd be a hypocrite to say that because when I was young, I got a few girls pregnant and I, and I was glad to a uh, Planned Parenthoods or I don't know, Midas Mufflers. I can't remember what they used to do that. Stuff. <laughs> but, Beautifully but, put, Nick. Beautifully yeah, put. I have like, <laughs> get her up on the jack. <laughs> I, uh, I, I have no He's playing uh, at the know. Vatican next week. Just uh, <laughs> get your tickets now. <laughs> but, but you're right. He sort of has the uh, Michael Jordan. Remember Michael Jordan's quote? They said, why don't you ever talk politics? And he says, because both Republicans and Democrats buy sneakers. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's sort of Chappelle sort of. But he, I, but I don't think he's doing that intentionally. I mean, he's that's how he thinks. He's looking at both sides fairly, and you don't see that from too many comics. And that 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 was the genius of it. That you, like you said, you could get him down, and it's really funny on top of that. And look, Netflix is Netflix, but let's not downplay the success of a breath of fresh air. I mean, you're up eight hundred thousand views now on YouTube. You can watch yes. it for free. I mean, it's it's done really well. People are have a thirst for this right now. That's that's exactly right. They, they do have a thirst for it. I'm lucky uh, Trump came along um, because, yeah, I'm, I'm brutally honest about it. So wait, and, so, uh, so wait, wait, wait. Is it Trump or is it that people are starting to see the effects in their own life? You know, everybody wants to be nice. You know, I hey, don't say that they're handicapped. It makes them feel bad. OK, I, I don't want to. But then you get to a point to where you're like, shut up. Shut up. This is affecting my life. There's a six foot four guy in a dress that's now wrestling my daughter in female wrestling. Shut up. And so I think they're just this is played out long enough to where people are seeing it affect their their own life in a negative way. Well, that's some of it. But but when Trump look, this is when I and again, folks, keep this in context. I'm a comedian. I have a much darker sense of humor than you do. But. This, this is what I swear to God when I said I'm going to vote for Trump and uh, I'm laying in the couch. I'm half asleep. I got one eye open. You remember he went after the uh, physically challenged report yeah. of the New York. Yes. I look over the TV and I see Trump. Go, uh, 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 and I, I said, where do I pull the lever? This guy does not give a crap. <laughs> this is my guy. And you know what? He he's been great for me because he's calling the media out on the PC bull crap. And uh, and yes, like you said. Uh, just through the way things are evolving, people have had enough. But but I love that uh, he he would say anything. I'm watching him doing a rally the other day, and they throw a heckler out. And as they're throwing the guy out, Trump goes, that guy has a weight problem. Go home and exercise. <laughs> <laughs> Nick DiPaolo. Find him at nickdip.com. All right. Uh, our sponsor this half hour is Relief Factor. Uh, Winnie is 54 years old, driven a school bus for the past 15 years, literally watched a generation of people go from tiny little children to young men and women going out into the world. 
and not really a you know a, a thankless uh, job, but nobody was singing her praises either. Last year, Winnie almost had to retire. It was cold winter mornings. The pain had been steadily building up in her hands over the last several years. She got to the point where she just couldn't handle it anymore. She heard about Relief Factor. It changed her life. She's still driving, ready to see the next generation of kids grow into adults because of Relief Factor. Whatever it is that you think you're going to have to leave behind, don't. Try Relief Factor now, please. ReliefFactor.com, ReliefFactor.com. Call 800-500-8384 and get your life back, just like I did, just like Winnie did, just like Charles I told you about yesterday. ReliefFactor.com, 800-500-8384, ReliefFactor.com. Dude, did you see the um, did you see the ISIS island video uh, that uh, was was released? I think yesterday. No. So apparently, ISIS has this island, and who knew? And they were storing all kinds of stuff there, and they were hanging out. I don't know if it was a vacation village. I'm not sure what it was. Island life is getting weird with ISIS and Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> it is. A lot of, it is. Yeah. It is. Hey, come to our island. Uh, and uh, so we put out a. Um, the, the joint, I don't know what it is, in enduring whatever, mm-hmm. uh, put out a video. Uh, and it was from the, I think it was from the edge of space. It's a drone way, way up. Uh, and they showed the bombing of ISIS Island. And it is extraordinarily cool. If you, can we have it? Do you have it? Can you play it? Yeah. Combined Joint Task Force Operation Inherent Resolve. And it, I don't, no, I don't think this is. Yeah, no, this is this is. I think this is Fantasy Island. But they show the you know they're showing the island um, a little different than this one uh, from space. <laughs> and there and there the plane. There's the oh. plane right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Flying we had more of them than that. Uh, a very short ISIS member. Yeah. And wearing white, not black. And <laughs> and here they start to drop the bombs. Look at this. Jeez, the entire island. The entire island is just being obliterated. Yeah. I kind of like it with this music. It is nice. <laughs> I kind of like that. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll have to, you know, put that out. Put that out on social media, will you? We'll, uh, I'll, I'll post that. It's a, it's kind of a nicer telling of it. You know, the it, other one is, do we have the actual real one? Because it's a little different. We don't. Yeah, it's a little different. It, it's, you know, it's got like spooky music with it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Why I like it. This is the, I mean, you're killing ISIS members. This is probably. It's not spooky. Spooky for them. Yeah. Well, they didn't. They didn't have um, what was his name, Irve Villachez. You know, yeah. coming and, out. The plane. The Watching that again. There's just no reason for him to climb into a tower and ring a bell and tell and yell the plane. Like, at, first of all, everyone on the ground can see a plane coming. You don't need to be in a tower <laughs> to see a plane coming. Right. Number two, if you're going to yell the plane, you don't need to ring the bell. And if you ring the bell, you don't need to yell the plane. Like, he's just being redundant. 
This is a, I mean, it, it's just a terrible business. <laughs> the terrible business model. <laughs> they did very well. They did do well. They did do very, they had very run. well. Until... What was that show about exactly? I mean, it was. It was, it, you know what? It's kind of like, uh, what's that? What's that show on HBO about the uh, AI robots? Oh, Westworld. Westworld. It's, it's like a, a little like that, except no mechanics. No, it's not a creepy. Yeah. It's not like creepy like Westworld. Uh, no, no, it's no. not creepy like Westworld, but it is. You you went to the island. You don't remember? I mean, I Fantasy Island, that, Love wh- Boat, and what was the other? I one liked. Was, I watched a decent amount of Love Boat. I did not watch a decent amount of Fantasy Island. I don't know if my parents thought it was inappropriate or something. Is was well, there probably it was you know Fantasy Island. Right. So you would go and it would be like, I just want to be discovered and be the greatest singer ever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so like, you really can't sing. And uh, then suddenly you could go and, and sing and some agent would find you and you'd live this life. But sometimes it wasn't all what you thought it would be. So was it like actors, essentially? Like yeah, it was making actors, it yeah. seem like you succeeded. Yes. And so you would go do, okay. you'd live out your fantasy on Fantasy Island. It's, it's. It's Westworld. With but Westworld very is what people's really fantasy, the fantasies really are. Yeah, this is <laughs> ABC the in the 1970s. <laughs> so Westworld's like, much more realistic with yeah, the human mind. Yeah. It's a little dark. And I'm wondering, if, I'm wondering if we have changed or if we just always were like that, we just wouldn't admit it. Like when, when the plane, the plane, I just want to fall in love and just be with a beautiful woman and a woman who loves me back and blah, blah, blah. Or was it, I just really just want to be with a woman and then maybe shoot her in the end <laughs> you know, that, you know, that's the difference between fantasy island and westworld yeah which one of those are we i don't really want to admit what is probably true there i know i don't either um although it's very uh, it's it's interesting it's almost like a precursor to like online life right? remember when this like uh what was the site was it the sims the game that was like uh the game where you'd like have a fake second life and you'd be living it online, and I guess you'd be like successful instead of the crappy job you had. Like your online life, you were you were you were you were cool. You were a stud. Uh, and then, in, you know, in in real life, you you know you, you were a complete disaster. You were a, you were a dumpster fire. Um, and <laughs> right. that you know, it's kind of that, right? Like you go. I think I it mean, is. That's a pathet- that's a tough thing to admit about yourself. Yeah, well, right? I don't think, but I think it's different. I mean, like Fantasy Island, they weren't AI; they were real people. Right. And so you wouldn't want to do that to a real person. But if you if it was AI and they were just going to be resetting it, you would. The first time you might, well, this is, geez, I'm, this is the story. HBO, I'm only about four years behind you, uh, but you should do this because it's good. And the first time you go, <laughs> you would have feelings and emotions and you would want to be the good guy. But then after a while... You might as well switch it up. Switch it up. It happens. That happens with video games all the time. Like right. The, you, at first, you start and you're trying to be the hero, and then you just start running over pedestrians for no reason. Right. <laughs> like that's right. how it always ends. Right. Um, but I mean, just a, as a because you're a rich person, and you're like, I want to have this dream of a singer. I'm going to pay a bunch of people to pretend I'm a good singer and and clap for me and sign. Well, me. in the show, they always were. Oh, they were a good. They singer. were always okay. a good singer. They just couldn't quite. They get a break, or they they were too yeah. nervous, or yeah. okay. I don't. I I am I am digging <laughs> way back into the Glenbeck yeah. memory vaults. <laughs> you know, it's not like I've not like I've said to the kids, "Hey, you guys want to watch a great show from the seventies? Let's watch Fantasy Island." I don't think that's ever been said. That might have been the first time that phrase has ever come out of another person's mouth. Probably true. Yeah, probably true. Yeah. I would rather watch Fantasy Island than, the, than this debate tonight, though. I will say that. 
How about I watch Fantasy Island and give you a report on it, and you watch the debate? How about this? I watch the NFL, <laughs> you watch Fantasy Island, and we don't give the audience a report on it. We'll spare them I'm the in. torture. <laughs> I'm in. We need to get like someone from the audience should just call in, like I because I want to watch the game, and Glenn wants to watch Fantasy Island or you know Ducktales or <sighs> what is that worth? What is that worth? How much is that yeah. worth? What if we you? bribe an audience member to watch? No, this no, no. Debate? We're not bribing. That would be wrong. We're going to pay them, and we're going to pay them a living wage. A living wage. A I living like that. Wage. Yeah. Fifteen dollars an hour. That's three hours. Fifteen dollars. We'll give you forty-five dollars in Applebee's gift cards since we've been talking about Applebee's tonight. I don't know why Applebee's. Uh, that's I don't, not bad. I wouldn't do that. Would you do that? You'd watch that whole thing for forty-five. Forty-five dollars worth of prizes. How about that? We'll have Marissa dig around the, the the prize closet for all the stuff that we haven't given I away. I would not know. I'm I'm sorry mm-hmm. to play the union negotiator here for mm-hmm. the audience, oh, that's fair. but I don't think Let's that's have it. right. Let's talk it out. Let's talk I it think out. you should have family leave. I think we you can't should take have family leave. It's a three-hour job. They're going to take three hours of family breaks. leave. Breaks. You should be able to have a break. They have commercials. You got to go out and drink for an hour after the first hour. I'm okay How about with this. That? You could take a break during either commercials or when Julian Castro is speaking. One of those two. You could take a break. Nah, no I cares. don't think he's going to be speaking that much. No, I don't think so either. I think this is a good. We, we should see if All there's right. someone who will give us a report on this, so we don't have to do it. I'll do. I'll. I, we'll double it. I'll give you a hundred dollars just to watch the debate, and then report I, back to us, so we can pretend that we watched the debate. I, I mean, first of all, I love the fact that we're giving away your money for this purpose. I think <laughs> it's a great idea. Can we do that? Is that allowed? Are we allowed to give away a hundred dollars to some random? I mean, I don't see why not. It's my show. It's my money. I know. Yes. But you know there's all these rules on this, you know, when you're doing contests. But this is not contest. This we're is not contest. We're hiring somebody. We're hiring a freelancer. Right. Yes, I like this. So you yes. hire a freelancer for three hours tonight. The pay is 33 33 an hour. That's a living wage. A li- That's... It's a very solid living wage. Yeah. More, more... more than Elizabeth Warren is paying her people. Oh, I'm sure. Uh-huh. And you, all you have to do is watch it and, and take some notes and tell us which clips we should play back the next day. Right. Right? What the good parts were. You can't be a dummy. No, yeah. You have you to can't be. can't be a dummy. So you you can't have gone to a an Ivy League college. Yeah, if you've gone. <laughs> no. You're, you're disqualified? You come, yes, you come out mm-hmm. as an idiot on the other end. Well, but I, I want someone who's not. And it can't just be. Oh, where we're going to um, just con- only mock the candidates. Like, I want to hear what crazy proposals they have, oh, not yeah. just, you know, Joe Biden's I fell out in hour two. Like, I need to, we need to have a little bit more. His eye just popped out and rolled around the stage, and he didn't we even realize it. We might want to have a doctor. We might want to get an actual physician. This is interesting. Because, and mm-hmm. maybe a brain surgeon, because so, he's had aneurysm, aneurysm. So somebody that could actually, now oh. it would go up, the price would probably go up. That'd probably be 50 bucks. Well, I think we could, we could, anyone with some medical knowledge. I mean, mm-hmm. look, there's, most of these candidates are like 112 years old. I mean, there's a, this is not a, a spry group. We need someone right. who can see, who can who can. All right. Sense if you'd like to put your issues. hat in the ring, and what you'll do, what you'll do is mm-hmm. you'll watch it tonight, and you'll come on the show with us tomorrow. Okay, and we'll pay you that living wage of thirty three thirty three an hour, mm-hmm. three hours of work, and we'll maybe give a, some bonus for you actually having to get up the next day and actually whoa, whoa, whoa. regurgitate. It. I don't. Wait, wait, what are you doing? Wait, wait, I am working it, for the people. I am one of the people. You steamrolling bank. All I care about are oil pig. profits. I don't understand why you're giving this away. No, uh, I think that's a. I think it's fair. I mean, look, I would not do this for a hundred dollars. 
If I were in the audience right now, if I said to I you, I would not do this. If I said to you, I'm paying you to do this already. Yeah, here's the thing. You yeah. are saying that to me. <laughs> I am, I you am. are paying right. me to watch this debate, and but I'm going say, to watch the, the NFL uh, game instead. Wait, that's that's wait. happening. If we want to make this, if we want to have correct wait, coverage, I'm paying you paying to me, watch it. You're paying me much more than $100 So who are to you this. paying to watch it? And why am I paying a secondary person? Well, you have to watch it, too. You're also This being is coming paid. out of your pay. I don't think that's appropriate. I think you're that's very appropriate. You also get paid for this job. I don't know if you know this. And you don't want to watch but it I either. I have lots of things that I've Me too. Do. I've got... Look, things to do. Here's my question: Will someone kneel on the field tonight? I don't know. I better be there to watch it. I better find out if someone's protesting that darn flag All tonight. Right. You can call us if you want to be uh, considered, and you you got to give us you know give us some credentials here. Why you should be the person that uh, that uh, we hire to watch this, so we don't have to, and then report it back to us so we can claim that we watched it for right. the listener who mm-hmm. didn't watch it. Because nobody wants to watch this. I think this is a fair deal. Yeah. We it's are a fair deal. You, I'm not sure it's market. I'm not sure it's priced market appropriate. It's true. We may be undercutting <laughs> the market a little bit. By about $5,000. Somebody out there probably needs 100 bucks. Yeah. You know? Three hours of sitting on your couch. What, are you going to Venmo it to him or something? All right. Uh, here it is. Real estate agents I trust. It is um, really hard, really hard to be a great real estate agent. That's why there's a difference in agents. You can't really moonlight as a real estate agent. It's a full-time job. It's complex. There's all kinds of things that, um, you know, really only serious people should be approaching this. Um, And you have to work really hard as well. The amount of paperwork alone is enough to scare, scare any sane person. This is why my wife and I started realestateagentsitrust.com. Because who is doing this and... And how do you find the right person that can actually sell your home? We took the time to find out what the best practices were and what makes a great real estate agent. We use that as our template. We hired a lot of agents since then. Thousands of them come from this audience. We only have a thousand that are actually on our list. We have thousands, 5,000 others that want to be a part of this team, but we want to make sure that everybody is exactly right. So if we don't have a real estate agent in your area, which is... Uh, sometimes can be um, if we don't have a real estate agent we won't recommend one we want to make sure this person is going to sell your home for the most amount of money they're going to do it right they're going to do it fast and help you find an next home and if it's not in that area we'll find a real estate agent for you in another area the real estate agents i trust.com that's real estate agents i trust.com you're listening to glenn beck We're paying uh, we're paying a listener a hundred bucks if they'll actually watch the debate tonight and then come on and report it and give us enough information so we can sound like we watched it because none of us want to watch it. Um, Gabby in Pennsylvania, hello, Gabby. Hello, Mister Beck. It's great to be on. Thank uh, you for this opportunity. Thank you, Gabby. You seem very businesslike, and I, I'm glad this is an interview. And seventy two dollars are on the line for you uh, if you. Uh, hmm. 
Miss Mr. Beck, I'm willing to do it for free if you don't want to pay me. That's no, that's I I don't have a problem paying you. I'm not going to pay you a hundred dollars. I will pay a man to do that. You'll get seventy two dollars if you get the job. Um, but <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, right. So tell me about yourself, Gabby. <laughs> tell me about yourself. Well, 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 Mr. Beck and and Stu, I am actually I've I've met you guys both before. I am a graduate of the first Mercury One Leadership Training Program. I was in Dallas in July of 2017. Oh wow! Um, so how old so are you? Great to be. I'm 21 years old. You're 21. Sir. Yeah. Um, Yes, sir. I, I am a recent graduate of the political science department of Grove City College, and so I'm um, a student of one of your um, You'll take it favorite, seriously. Per, it, yes, I will. Yeah. Um, I'm a student of one of your um, frequent guests, Dr. Paul Kengor. Mm. Um, oh, nice. Okay. All right. Okay. You got the qualifications. This is a well-earned 20, uh, uh, 70, uh, 70, what is it? 76 dollars? Yeah, 68. Let's, let's 68. Yeah. Years. 68. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't mean to pay you less than a man, but you might We're have conservatives. To, yeah. You might have to have pregnancy leave or, right. you know, in three hour job, she's going to have pregnancy leave. Well, she might. Okay. She might. We're conservatives. You never know. Yeah. Hang right. on just a second, Gabby. Uh, Darren. Now here's a guy we'd have to pay the full hundred dollars. Oh man. Uh, Darren. Are you there? I am here. All right. You want to throw your hat in the ring? I would like to. Yes, sir. All right. Give, tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, point of personal privilege, uh, he, him. Um, <laughs> 47, 47 years old. Uh, works huh? for one of the big four financial services uh, firms. Mm. And been All listening right. to the Blaze ever since you started. Right. Now, can you separate yourself, Darren, from your financial firm when Elizabeth Warren is on stage torching the financial sector can you separate yourself i i will try my best and take copious notes yes all right okay all right darren and gabby i think we're gonna hire both of you but whoever does the better job gets the hundred bucks well, or the sixty-eight dollars, or the sixty-eight. Let's go to sixty-four. Sixty-four. I mean, she's a, you know, she's a woman. She's young. Too. Yeah, and she's young. young. It's a yeah. first job. Okay, so we can fifteen dollars. Fifteen dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, guys. Let both of you on tomorrow to report. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Tell you a story this hour about a guy who moved to the United States from India and he moved in February of 2001 and he was just starting life out he really loved America from afar and he was standing in his office just a few months later and he said to himself he heard kind of God talk to him and said you know your life uh, is going to change and he was thinking, I am just going after money right now. What, what is my life really all about? He didn't realize that just a few floors above him, a plane was about to hit his new office. Sujo John is his name. And he loves America now more than ever. And his life is such a remarkable story. You need to hear it. He joins me in one minute. This is the Glenbeck Program. So next spring, we're taking the cruise through history, and it's going to be filled with all kinds of exciting events, lots of food, lots of fun, presentations by David Barton and Rabbi Lappin. Bill O'Reilly will be there. I will be there. Pat and Stu will be there. And we have a floating museum of really fascinating arch- um, um, artifacts that are going to show you 
what we took from Venice, what we took from Athens, what we took from Jerusalem and the Temple Mount that built us into a very different country. We need to renew that. Uh, and so we are going to be renewing uh, a vow in, uh, in, uh, in, what is it, next year is 2020? Jeez, that seems weird. Um, next year in 2020, we have to change course. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, you're going to see amazing things. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. We only have a few cabins left, and I'd love to sell these out in the next couple of, uh, next couple of weeks. It is all 100% inclusive. You just have to get to the airport, then the flights and everything taken care of until you return home. It is really, truly once in a lifetime. Bring your family if you can. ComeSailAway.com. ComeSailAway.com. Learn more now. ComeSailAway.com. Sujo John is his name. He's a 9-11 survivor and a founder of something called You Can Free Us. Uh, he has an amazing story. Welcome, Sujo. How are you? Great, Ben. Good to be back with you. Um, I, I want to I take the radio audience through your story a bit. First of all, you were living in India, and had moving to America always been a part of your plan or your dream? And if so, Why? Great question. A lot of reasons why America, you know, even for those uh, from halfway around the world, America always stands out as this amazing place where dreams and dreamers collide. And if you have a dream somewhere within you in some part of the world, everybody wants to come to this country. And that was part of me. And my view of America was through the lenses of television, movies and arts. And then growing up in India where, you know, as, as Christians, you're a minority I just knew that America is a place that's been founded on Judeo-Christian principles. So that was another big reason why I wanted to come here. And everything that America stands for is, is, is very appealing and drawing to people on the other side of the world where they want to build their dreams. And in this country, it's not about your pedigree. It's not about your last name. If you can add value, you can make something out of your life in this country. I don't think there's any country in the world that provides that foundation, Glenn. It's so good to hear this from people who actually know because we have lost our way so far. We we just we don't see the uniqueness of America when you're living in it. So you come to the United States in February of 2001 and you find yourself a pretty good job. Uh, you are working on what floor of the uh, World Trade Center? So, Glenn, I came with $50, two bags, and tell people, loaded with a lot of dreams, and of all the places I find work on the 80-foot floor of the North Tower of the World Trade Center. And what are you doing? I'm doing marketing uh, for a telecommunications company. My, my dream was to, to start, actually, a, a data center to get into the telecom world. And uh, so I was building my steps towards that and trying to understand what life in all about, is all about in America. What does true capitalism mean? Because growing up in India, you know, although they believe in capitalism, it's not quite a capitalist economy. And I was just so excited to come to the, of all the places in New York City, uh, I mean, almost like the nuclear reactor of capitalism around the yeah. world that has created the wealth, which, which not only helps people have a better life, but solves problems around the world. So uh, that was my goal. And my wife also works there. She was working on the 71st floor of the South Tower of the World Trade Center. So both of us had offices at the World Trade Center. And she was pregnant. 
she was four months pregnant, Glenn, and that was an exciting season in our life as we are getting ready for our, our baby to arrive, our first child, and and uh, and then life takes such an incredible turn on September 11, 2001. And you feel like on September 11th, you're there. What time in the morning did you get there? I got a little past 7.30 that morning. I would start work usually a little earlier, around 8. So I was, I was early that morning, 7.30. And Glenn, uh, you lived in New York. You remember it was a clear, cloudless day. Beautiful. It was just a beautiful day. Yeah. Uh, and then everything would change forever. Uh, so you're there, and you, before the plane hits, just literally a few minutes before it hits, you sent an email to a friend who went to church with you. Yes. Uh, you know, I was, like you mentioned earlier, I was empty on the inside. I, you, uh, you know, then you know this, and a lot of people listening to you know this. Life is not just about consumption. And, and sometimes we get wrapped up in stuff, junk. I call it the junk and the funk. Uh, around us and we think life is all about the next new thing the next new toy the next new gadget and sadly that was me in america i could i could i could reach things that money could get but then there was a hole in my heart and i knew my purpose for which god sent me to this great land was not just to make money there's something more and i felt like i was almost losing that uh, i was losing that mission losing the plot so i wrote an email to my friend saying i know there's a call of god upon my life I've been chasing stuff in America. I want to be chasing that which is on God's heart. And I send that at 8.05 in the morning from the Twin Towers. You don't know that your wife um, is running late, if I, if I remember right, and not in her office. Which tower was hit first, hers or yours? Uh, my tower was hit first. The North Tower was hit first. This incredible explosion uh, that almost rips the building, uh, American Flight 11, a Boeing 767 with 440, flying at 440 miles an hour, carrying 10,000 gallons of jet fuel. And, and how many floors above you was it? The plane literally struck uh, about eight to eight, nine floors above us, but part of the wing of the plane rips through our floor. Uh, as, all of, uh, as everyone who's seen those images, they would know that the plane went in an angle into the building. Yeah. So, we, so there was fire that got that got stuck around us as jet fuel dumps its way all through the other building. And did you see the plane coming toward the building? I didn't see the plane, but someone on my floor saw the plane. Everything happened so fast, but we felt this incredible explosion, the building rattling, and we knew it was a plane. What else could hit you at that height? But all of us, Glenn, thought it was a small commuter plane, uh, probably a pilot uh, you know, uh, had, a, had a cardiac problem or right, something right. and crashed the plane. Nobody knew it was a big jet plane, and nobody knew that it was actually a terrorist attack, that it was intentionally flowing into the building. So did you start to get out then? Yeah, we fought our way to the fire and the jet fuel and started running down, and, uh, and that's when I passed all these brave firemen and policemen, these incredibly brave men and uh, heroes of our country. Uh, we were going down, and they were going up. So we high-fived them, saying, you guys are the real heroes. Uh, we had no idea that would be the last time America would be seeing these brave men. So we start running down, and I'm running down with a very heavy heart. Phones aren't working. I can't reach my wife. So I come down 81 floors. I reach the plaza level. And uh, from there, we were told, go down one more level to the concourse level. And I'm walking towards the south tower to be looking for my wife if she has now gone up. And that's when the south tower collapses around me. Wow. Um, and so it, I mean, 
I would imagine it was uh, a little terrifying with everything falling around you that you felt like you might get hit by things or were you far uh, enough no. away? No, I was actually almost right in front of the building and it was, a, it was an amazing story of God's deliverance. I'm 20 feet away from the building. I made my way to the revolving doors of the towers that take you literally in front there. And that's when the ground starts shaking, the glass is shattering. And I'm with 15, 20 people and we started crying out and we were on top of each other. And I started preparing them. I told them we're going to die. And I told them, call upon the name of Jesus. We knew time was short and we started praying our last prayer, thinking we were going to die. So I was buried in, in that debris at that moment. I was in about a pocket of about three feet of soot and ash. The steel was the only thing that really survived. Everything was pulverized into ash and dust. And the first building, when it got, uh, when it when it came down, the front facade of the building stood up for a while, and that, I was I was right there. So that's probably what saved my life. And everything went as if uh, like in, a, in, a, in a way a mushroom is. It just went uh, past us. So that protected me. But then I was buried in debris, and I was pulled out by a man, an incredibly brave FBI agent. And as he pulled me and I pulled him. Uh, we both told each other we're going to die. He said he was the FBI. And I told him, do you know where you're going? He said, yes, I, I know my Savior. And we thought we were going to die, choking all the soot on the ash. And that's when a red light flashes, and we start crawling away. And that light leads us out of the pit. Uh, the man says, i got to go back, runs into the North Tower, which was still standing. Uh, the ground shakes. The North Tower goes down. This brave American hero died that day. Do you know his name? Yeah, his name is Lenny Hayton, uh, who was left behind four children. Uh, he was a bomb technician for the FBI. Uh, they actually the only active FBI agent to have died that day. Just uh, mm -hmm. his story is just incredible. I've had an opportunity to meet his wife and, and just to know about his life. Uh, another story of another man who, who could have avoided that place, uh, but he felt so driven by love for his country and fellow uh, human beings and the call of duty that just made him race and run back into the towers to look for more people. And Glenn, I just want to say something here. That's what makes America great. I, you know, when people talk about make America great, I say the people of America great, America great. Mm -hmm. It's not our money. It's not our building. It's not our technology. Uh, the fact that there are people that are willing to love on their neighbor, there are, are people that care for this country. And I, I've, I've heard you, I've, I've, I've seen you on television, met you in person, and I know beyond what you do in the media. It's, it's a true love that you have for America that makes people like you speak up on issues, people that want to protect this country, knowing what's about to happen. And, and for me, who's come from India, that's what I love about America, the great American spirit that's deeply interested in everyone that calls himself an American. Sujo, when, I'm going to take a one-minute break, and then I'm going to come back, and I want you to tell people what happened afterwards, um, because that was a big change in your life. Uh, the ground shook, literally uh, and figuratively, and you have gone on to do some remarkable things, and I, I want to hear the second part of your life now uh, in one minute. Stand by. <laughs> Okay, great deal from Tecovis. I want to tell you about it. It's a free gift with any order over $150, and I'll tell you about that here in a second. But first, I want to remind you who Tecovis is. Tecovis was started by a couple of guys who, um, here in Texas, they thought, you know, I love boots. I love cowboy boots, but they are getting so crazy expensive. I mean, if, if you're in Texas and you want good cowboy boots, you you go into a store and you're like, yeah, I'd like them. What about this pair? Well, that's $5,000. What are you, crazy? 
you can pay so much for cowboy boots. And, well, they're all handcrafted and they're all blah, 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 blah. And then you go and you find another boot and it's like 35 bucks and it sucks. What they tried to do was give you that really, really handcrafted boot and give it to you at about half the price. So their boots are, you know, a couple hundred bucks, 300 bucks. But they are they are like eight hundred dollar boots. Um, y- you will love them. They are all hand done. Takes two hundred steps. They do all kinds of different things in leather. So the, they've got the bags and the belts and everything else. And they make really great. I love their jeans. Really great jeans and uh, clothing. You can find them at Tacovis. Now here's a special. If you buy something and you spend one hundred and fifty dollars, you're going to get a, a free. It's a card case. It's like a little wallet. It's what I carry around with me. It's a burgundy in color. Again, it's hand-stitched. It's really nice. Uh, it's a $50 value. They're going to give it to you for free just because they want to say thank you. Uh, they don't usually do this because they you know, price their things appropriately, so it's a great deal for you and a good deal for them. Uh, it is Tecovis, T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com slash Beck. Go there now, Tecovis dot com slash Beck. When you make that uh, $150 purchase, make sure you enter the promo code Beck at checkout, and you'll get the free gift from Tecovis. We pause for 10 seconds, then back. You know, uh, Sujo and I were talking um, yesterday. He was on television, so we were talking just the other day about uh, the thing that he's working on. And we both believe that um, the only way that we're going to save this nation and save freedom of mankind is if we put into action the things and the and really the um, the covenant that our pilgrims and George Washington and Abraham Lincoln made with God. And that is, we will serve you. And the best way to serve God, is, as Benjamin Franklin said, was to serve your fellow man. The one thing that we can all agree on now and not argue about is slavery is horrible and needs to be stopped. And it's worse today than it's ever been. So here's this guy who's chasing the almighty dollar in the World Trade Center. They come down and Sujo, you believe that you were you were directed uh, and and saved you and your wife saved that day to be able to do something different than just making money. Absolutely, Glenn. And um, I felt God calling me into this, and the fact that I was rescued, that someone uh, you know who rescued me gave up his life, and that's the story of the gospel narrative. God sends look. God sent His Son to look for broken people like us. And the fact that heaven rescued you and me uh, compels us, our faith compels us to look for people. And the message of Jesus was he came to set the captives free. And there are people spiritually captive and there's also physically captive. So I got exposed to this problem, Glenn, about modern slavery, how there's 41 million people in slavery. And when I saw the conditions, and I know you've seen it in different parts of the world, where women are kept in cells and cages. Mm-hmm. I, I, remember being, I, I remember being in a red light district, 37,000 sex workers and women kept in these cages three feet by six feet. I felt in that moment something common with those girls. Uh, I felt like I know what it is to be trapped. 
And if, if someone came and rescued me, perhaps God is tapping on me to rescue these women and children on his behalf. And, and I saw that in India, and I come back, and I knew America is a place where people are generous. And I came and started talking about this problem, and we started this nonprofit called You Can Free Us. And this has become my life calling. This has become my mission. Uh, and this is a problem in America. It's a problem in the Middle East. It's a problem in Asia. A global problem, every zip code. Our children are vulnerable. And so that's been our mission, uh, looking for women and children who are trapped in sex slavery, but beyond sex slavery, children also uh, trapped in, in labor trafficking. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I'm excited. You have a passion, Glenn, I, uh, with Nazarene Fund and what you've done in, in helping Christians flee from, from, um, from war-torn countries where they're under the threat of ISIS. And I'm so excited that we get an opportunity to talk about this and also work in the future on a problem that is one of the greatest evils of our times. Yeah. If we don't engage right now in this problem, a generation that's coming up behind us will say, why did you not do enough? I, I want to share something with you. I, you know, I, you also may have been in these places around the world. There have been horrors of the past. I remember being in Elmira Castle in Ghana, and they tell you about the slave trade. I've been in places where Hitler ran wild and, and wiped up millions of Jews. And we, we stand in those places and we question and we ask, why did people not do enough? And, and so this is our problem in our world, and we've got to do whatever we can. Uh, there is a cry rising from the brothels of the world. There is a cry rising from children and women. And the question is, are we, are we listening to that cry? You know, it's amazing to me. The New York Times just started selling something called uh, 1619. And it's, a, it's a podcast, a serial that they're doing on the year 1619. They say that's the year of really America's founding because that's when, race, uh, that's when uh, slavery uh, was brought here. But our pilgrims came in 1620, uh, and it's the 400th anniversary of our pilgrims the the year after. Um, And, uh, you know, you can either look back and blame everything on that. And I don't know what you're gaining out of that, except more anger and frustration. And you're not lifting anybody up. Um, Instead, we should be looking towards today because I can't do anything to change what people did in the past but I don't want to be remembered as the people in the past that did nothing and were, you know, involved in cakes and circuses. And this problem is real. And if we can come together and solve the problem today, it will solve the problems of the past. It will heal those wounds. So well said. And I want to say something. It may not be politically correct. I, I just want to tell your listeners that's listening to you, uh, listening to us, Glenn, right now, uh, don't get discouraged when liberals beat you about, about the problem of slavery of the past. Uh, if those people care so much about things that happened in the past, I, I want to encourage them, come join people like us in the fight of this problem that's happening right now. I don't know of any country in the world, Glenn, that has shed its blood on the issue of slavery. I looked up the numbers the other day. It's almost 600 thousand people, under a million Americans got killed in the Civil War. So America's paid the price with blood on the issue of slavery, um, and, 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 and as we all are aware of, and somehow this history is now being passed down, and there are people who come up and talk about the past and say we have to get involved in repatriation for a small group of people that caused this problem, that was a global problem. But how about a problem right now in our streets? How about a problem right now around the world when you and I and everyone who, has, who cares about this problem, right or left, can be part of a great solution. 
Thank you, Sujo. Sujo John, I, I, I encourage you to check out his organization and help where you can. It's youcanfree.us. Youcanfree.us. Check him out and join the fight. Join the growing numbers of people who are saying, you know what, let's deal with real problems. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Let me tell you a story about Winnie. She's 54 years old. She's been driving a school bus for the last 15 years. And she has, I mean, imagine that. You're picking kids up and you're watching them grow every year and go from young children, young men and women going out into the world. It's um, it's a job that is satisfying, but I mean, you know, it's you're not making a lot of money or whatever. And she has real problems with, on cold winter mornings, the pain in her hands over the last several years had become to the point where she couldn't handle it anymore. Then she heard about Relief Factor, and it changed her life. She's driving again this year. She's getting back on the bus, and she's, can you imagine driving a bus, especially in pain with your hands? She doesn't have to now stop watching those kids grow into great adults. She called Relief Factor, and I recommend that you do it too. She has the same story that I did. My hands were in such pain I couldn't take it. Uh, relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com, or you can call 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384. Just try it. It works for 70% of the people who tried the three-week quick start. Just do that, relieffactor.com. You know, I, I really think Wells Fargo should just shut down business. I mean, you know, just, just, just really? everybody just walk away. Leave your keys on the desk. Everybody should just walk away. It seems ill-advised for a company Does of that it? size. Yeah, well, yeah. you might want to get the wagons back out and uh, start again. They're having a hard time finding a CEO. And who really wants to run Wells Fargo? With all I, of, am, I am available. You're available. Yes, I am available think to you're be qualified? hired. I mean, if, it, I've got to be better than nobody. Yeah, that's true. Right? Well... I can be a figurehead. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I can go on TV and, yeah. and, and say, you know. I can, oh, the Wells Fargo wagon is a coming down. <laughs> you could do that. I could do that. You could do that. Okay. So not many people can. <laughs> um, anyway, so they were talking about this on uh, CNBC. And I think Elizabeth Warren played this perfectly. But this is truly what's going on in businesses of all levels all around the country. Listen to this conversation with Jim Cramer. How is it possible that this company cannot find a CEO? I mean, are they worried about Elizabeth Warren attacking that? She, she or are. he would be. Of course they are. And of course that person is. Why wouldn't they be? I, 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 I don't know. She, if she becomes president, what do you think is going to happen to the banks? Well, it's not a... It would be a suboptimal situation. <laughs> it would be suboptimal. Right. Think, you think Elizabeth Warren pushes banks into it? Well, they're already down 20% from the highs, but... Yeah, I just think that you know, there were these uh, hearings in the 30s uh, where they brought rich people in front of Congress and just kind of trashed them. It was effective. Well, it's about 20 years later, we had the least uh, discrepancy in incomes in the 50s and 60s, right? I don't know what's going to happen. I, look, I've got to tell you, when you get off the desk and you talk to executives, they're more fearful of her winning. I mean, I've never heard anybody say, look, I, I, she's got to be stopped. She's got to be stopped. I, I don't know. It's, she's very, uh, she keeps going up in the polls. Uh, she's raised a ton of money. 
She's going to win Iowa, I believe. Uh, She's a very compelling figure on the stump. By the way, uh, I hear it too, and it's another reason why companies are being implored to do things now. If you want to get something done, you really think M&A or anything, Mm -hmm. think about doing it soon because Mm -hmm. come early to mid 2020, if Elizabeth Warren's rolling along, everybody's going to be like, that's it. It's true. It's absolutely. It's why I've been telling you, you have to, you have to refi your house. You have to take care of business. You got to get, you know, as solvent as you can get the money in gold, get it safe places. Uh, The banks are not necessarily safe places, um, you know, in, in really bad situations. But if, if the Democrats put somebody in office like Elizabeth Warren, or will put her into a, a real position, uh, in the next White House, you're going to see the banks. They will just, they will just, they won't loan money. They won't. They they are going to hold on to any kind of money that they have because they're going to be under attack. Um, I didn't see how Elizabeth Warren handled this, but my guess is she's using it as a campaign commercial. She ran it mm-hmm. and she just tweeted, "I'm Elizabeth Warren and I approve this message." Did she really? Yeah. Oh my, that's it's brilliant. Smart. Uh, it's smart. Very, I mean, look very to, good. to that audience destroying businesses deemed as evil even yep. ones that we interact with all the time people will be surprised at what happens when your when your bank doesn't have any money or your bank doesn't want to loan money i mean you know uh how do you pay for stuff you know she she it's it's easy right this is this is why um it's why these things are so ridiculous these debates and such all she's trying to do is find a way to say things that are uh, as far left as possible. She means and, it. And she, oh, she absolutely means it. She means it. But she also is not incentivized to, like, it's not a sane argument to say we want to tear down the financial institution. I mean, we talked about um, uh, healthcare being, what, one-sixth of the economy. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it? it, it finance and, and insurance, the, these combined industries are about, you know, $1.5 trillion, about 7%. So about half the size of the I mean, the financial sector is a giant chunk of our economy. It's half as big as the entire healthcare market. So you don't just tear it down. They did healthcare. Well, I mean, they, you could you could argue that. I mean, I, I would say obviously these companies are still in, in business, and maybe that's what she'll try to try to justify it. But I mean, she she her idea that people are scared of her right now is a positive, mm-hmm. right? When mm-hmm. she's president, it's not because the economy tanks, and then all of a sudden her approval ratings go through the If the she floor. looks like she's going to win, and it will be blamed on Trump, but let's say she becomes the nominee. And she's polling well. Mm-hmm. The market will price it in. The market will crash yeah. Uh, yeah, before, and it will hasten her into the market. Yeah, or her into the White if House. If it looks like she has a chance to win, now again, if there's any Democratic candidate that Donald Trump can win against, it should be Elizabeth Warren. I mean, if Elizabeth Warren, if you can't beat Elizabeth Warren, except uh, Elizabeth but, Warren's message, may look. If the you economy know, am, tanks, that's a whole other situation. This, the, I'm, I'm for all of the antitrust stuff that the states are doing. You know, I don't know about all of them, uh, but I think with Google and, and Facebook and all the things that they're doing, I'm glad the states are looking into antitrust. I was standing in the newsroom yesterday, and I said, hey, th- does anybody 
does anybody know, wasn't the Microsoft antitrust movement, wasn't that at the top? Wasn't that the last straw before the dot-com bubble? We looked it up. Yes, it was. That that was filed um, right at the very top of the um, uh, the dot-com boom. Now, did that, you know, did that cause it? No, I think it was just really strong last straw that was on top. We're doing this now with 50 antitrust uh, um, litigation from, coming from the different states for Google. And it's, like, it's 48 states, too, I think. Yeah, right? it's, it's, it's a full-on mm-hmm. onslaught, which I am for. Yeah. But you, have to, you just have to be very, very aware of every th- all of the cards that are on the table. It is a house of cards. You have China. You have the instability of the Middle East. You have Brexit going on. You have Deutsche Bank. You have Wells Fargo and all of their scandals. Um, You have bigger debt than we had before in 2008. Uh, You have an out-of-control printing press all over the world. You have banks with no more bullets in their guns because most of them, except ours, are already into zero or negative interest rates. So if it falls apart, there's there's nobody to catch it. And we're the last one standing. Mark my words, trillions of dollars are being flooded in. When I saw President Trump say uh, yesterday that the Fed really needs to lower the interest rates uh, and get them down to uh, zero or below zero. No, Mr. President. No, please don't do that. Please we a have to have some bullets left in our gun don't spend them now and b the only reason why we're getting we're getting billions and billions of dollars from overseas investing in america right now because we're the last one standing and that will promise some sort of a of an interest rate you take that interest rate to zero or below they'll take their money out and they'll do something else with it Right now, we are performing, but we're the last one on earth that is performing. So you, ju- you have all these things that are just being built up. Then you have an election where somebody is saying, by the way, I'm going to get rid of the free market. Hmm. If she is the nominee, the market could crash just because companies are like, you know what? Pull everything back. Pull everything back. Don't you want to do something? Do it right now. And we're going to pull everything back because we don't know what the world will be like. It doesn't like change, especially the unknown change. And so that could cause the market to absolutely collapse. We could spiral the whole world. That's what we're dealing with in the next 12 months. And I don't think anybody is actually explaining that just the realistic fear of having somebody like Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders who is saying, I'm going to change the financial structure of America. It will change everything. You have to, it has to. It has right? to. If you're running a business and you're seeing this storm coming, you're you batting, batting down, down the hatches. hatches right? You're I mean, batting down the hatches. Do. You, cut, you cut expenditures as much as you possibly can, which will stop growth, will bring unemployment. You take and you, you, uh, you just cut things out. If you have money in the market, 
you don't know what's going to happen to financial institutions. If Elizabeth Warren and you are invested, and many of us are, teachers, unions included, um, if you're invested in the financial sector, you better pull your damn money out of there if you think Elizabeth Warren is going to even be just a big part of the new team. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's going to hurt those stocks and your investment. So what happens? That hurts the banks even more because now you're taking that money out. And then if you want to take your money out, you're the last one. They changed this. You don't get your money on deposit you're at a down bank. Down the bottom of the waterfall. Yeah, as yeah. soon as they go bankrupt or they have a problem, you're not getting your money. I keep going back and forth on this, and I don't. I honestly, it's like a Law and Order episode where I think the person's really guilty, and then 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 they're really innocent, and then they're really guilty, and then they're really innocent. Whoever, whatever lawyer is making mm-hmm. the argument is the one I think mm-hmm. is, is telling the truth. But it's like I don't know in my mind whether to root for Joe Biden to win this primary or elizabeth warren to win this primary and the the argument in my head goes like this joe biden is probably has a better chance to win the election Mm -hmm. however if he wins he's less worse at least by a little bit depends on who his vice president is because i'm not sure he makes well yeah i mean god forbid you know but like you know what i'm saying it's like this idea of he's probably less he's Let's just say he runs it like Obama ran it. Yeah. You know, I mean, like it's Mm -hmm. less worse than Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Mm -hmm. Sanders. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, Warren or Sanders, I think, would be easier to beat. But if they win somehow, catastrophic, catastrophic. And I don't think I don't think anybody has baked in the fact of the catastrophe that would happen before. Remember, when when Donald Trump took office, what happened to the stock market? It didn't go through the roof. It just continued to go up. Mm-hmm. The more it looked like he was going to be the president, the more the stock market went up. And they kept saying, well, it's all priced in. It's all priced in. Mm-hmm. They've already priced in that this is going to be good for banks and, and, and business. And they saw Hillary Clinton as more like a Biden figure. Correct. Right. So everything kind of went long. If you have if you have polls that show that Warren is the candidate and Warren is even close, the market will price that in and say, I'm sorry, guys, but I got to get my money out of here. I I don't I don't know what's going to happen. So you will have real slowdown and real economic problems, not from anything the president is doing just because you have someone saying, I'm going to change the financial sector entirely when I get into office. It will cause this massive slowdown, maybe even a, a collapse, and it will hasten Warren into office because the media will blame all of that on capitalism and Donald Trump. Yeah. The only, I mean, I'm just coming to this now because I've been back and forth too, but I'm just, and now that I'm saying this out loud, the only candidate we can afford to have is Joe Biden. Because, because there won't be that fear in the in the markets. It's, t- it's a tough one. I can, I can understand both sides of it. But it's like Elizabeth Warren, like I, there's a lot of people around the country that don't like the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. That's Joe Biden. He doesn't really like capitalism all that much. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth Warren is like me. 
I have a visceral hatred for the for the Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> and she is like an Eagles fan here. Yeah. She hates capitalism. She hates the fact that businesses can do well and 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 this economy can can move on in a capitalistic direction. And she she's dying to implement the opposite. And don't think that they don't know just as well as we do that if the economy starts to go sideways, that it hurts Donald Trump. Yeah. And don't think that they don't know that which is another reason why I believe they are so very clear and will continue to be clear that this is a system that has failed and we have to change it because it will only hasten us because it will be blamed on Donald Trump and it will hasten our demise hmm. and hasten the, the run towards socialism. It's kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, let me tell you about Goldline. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you thought about putting your financial house in order? Because maybe you should. I don't know. What else is happening? Uh, I have my money, uh, uh, you know, at least 10% of my money in gold. And I put it in there and I haven't thought twice about it. I don't buy it as a uh, as an investment. I'm not watching it all the time going, oh, how much is it making? I don't care. I bought it so that I have something, you know, God forbid, you know, you have a socialist that is running and going to be the candidate against Donald Trump. And, and you could see the end of capitalism happening in the next 12 months. That's why I have gold. May I suggest, please, you do your own homework and look into gold at goldline, goldline.com. Call them now. They're waiting for you at 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE. You should have at least 10% of your portfolio. It should be spread out among a whole bunch of things, but 10%, I really, truly believe, should be in gold, physical gold, not ETFs, physical gold. Call Goldline now. Read all the important risk information. You're smart enough to figure this out, but look at what's coming. And call Goldline at 866-GOLDLINE, 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. That, that last break may be the most important break we have done in uh, maybe a a couple of years. I don't even know. Um, that just kind of came out of nowhere. And it is with Stu and I were just talking about it. And we were like, that's right. That's right. Um, we're going to do some real research on this and, uh, and talk to some people and really get some facts and some numbers on it. But I I'm, I'm, that's right. Uh, if Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders are even seriously, uh, looked at, uh, by the Democrats, and and even if Joe Biden is the guy, but Elizabeth Warren is vice president or has a serious role, we are in for deep trouble, self-fulfilling prophecy, really, and Trump will have a hard time winning because that alone will affect the economy in a powerfully negative way. <laughs> 